At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then, book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go ahead. All right. You set it up however you want to do it. Okay. We, before we started recording the podcast, wrote down five players each that we have been impressed with so far at training camp. We tried to not do the same person. We both kind of had Dalton Kincaid, and we both kind of had Stefan Diggs. So we can talk a little bit more about those guys, but we're also going to focus on some of the other people. I will start, and I'm going to start with another wide receiver, Gabe Davis. Like, I'm in on the Gabe Davis hype. I really do think that this is the year. And I don't want to sound like a broken record because I said this a lot last season. It's not a secret that I'm a Gabe guy, but I think that injury really – really kind of hurt him more last year than maybe we gave it credit for. And I don't think he ever quite produced the way we expected. But the thing that's ridiculous is even if you look at his numbers, he smashed all of his previous career totals. So yeah, maybe there were a couple balls that he probably should have caught a couple drops that he would like back. But I think Gabe Davis is on the way to having a really good season and probably getting paid a ton of money. You make a really good point. I think unfortunately, unfortunately, the talk about Gabe Davis has not been how productive he actually was and simply should pay him. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair necessarily to Gabe Davis. Yes. It's a conversation to have, but the bottom line is he's been very good. And yes, I agree with you that the ankle really impacted him. This is the, one of the hardest workers on the team. Excuse me. The guy won the lifter of the year uh-huh. during the off season. Second year in a row, he won it. He works harder than anybody. He's got a great perspective about being in the league, yeah. coming from where he was coming from, how he grew up. His mom, he's a great uh, relationship with her. He says she reminds him all the time, just be thankful. You're wearing an NFL helmet every mm-hmm. single day. Go out there, have fun. Don't worry about the money. I love that part of him. But I think he's been super good, too. In camp on Monday today, we're recording this. Great catch over top of Tredavious Wood yep. on the sideline in stride for a touchdown. Yeah, awesome. and you know the thing that I like about that one is that he made up for a catch that he probably wanted. It wasn't a drop, but it was a catch that you would have probably hoped he brought in along the sidelines he then responded with another tough contested catch along the sidelines and then that play happened a couple plays later he's going to get a lot of targets right Stefan Diggs of course is always going to be the main target on this offense when he's healthy Stefan Diggs saying that he thinks Gabe Davis could be a number one wide receiver if he wasn't right. on his team is not nothing let me ask you this before we get to our next player do the Bills give Gabe Davis a contract extension before the season I was all in yes on this going back. I actually made this prediction 
after the end of the season, someone said, give me a bold prediction for the offseason. I said, Gabe Davis gets paid before the start of the season. Yeah. I feel like that's not going to happen now, but I still think it's very possible. Is that because so, of the Ed Oliver contract? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did, and I do think that they will still want to keep him in the fold. Do you think he doesn't because Ed got one, or do you think it doesn't matter? I think it does matter a little bit, Okay, but that's not the reason. I think the reason just comes down to can we pay our number two wide receiver the kind of money number two wide receivers are getting in the NFL yeah. now. I mean, look what's happening in Cincy. They they can't pay T. Higgins probably, right? Yeah. I mean, they'll figure out a way. Well, I don't know if they will, but I'm saying like it's hard to pay your quarterback and two wide receivers. Yeah. You know, going forward, the Bills are gonna have to make that decision. All right, we said Kincaid, we said Davis, we said Diggs. I mean, we said Bale Inspector. Are we gonna still touch on him? You want to go? Well, the, the guy that we both talked. Yeah. About. Well, the thing about Bale Inspector is, I don't know if we're getting to the point where it's like, oh, he's gonna start, but I think he's gonna make the team. He's been impressive, and though. that's the thing that you need to check with him. Like, well, let me ask you this: Has he impressed you at linebacker? He's impressed me. Yes. He made a great play in coverage the other day. Yes. Getting going deep, knocking the ball away from Kincaid before it got. Yes. Going. Well, we talked about the deep ball to Diggs, but I mean, like, there's a lot of people who get burned by Stefan Diggs. That's yes. not, you know, isolated to Bale Inspector. I think he has exceeded my expectations. I will say that. I did not even, we didn't even talk about him as the, you know, we talked about Dorian Williams, Terrell Bernard, and Tyrell Dodson. Well, Dorian Williams is basically playing a different position right now. That could change down the road, but Balen Spector has inserted himself into that conversation. And the fact that he's even getting the reps tells you a lot because what was he a seventh round pick last year a sixth yep, round pick yep. he made the team he stuck around a year under his belt i think Balen specter makes this team oh i don't doubt he made it last year as a rookie i, I don't know. see why he wouldn't the question is does he start a middle linebacker i don't know i still i think he has a chance i agree with you he doesn't but i do think he's been impressive i like what he's put out there so far i think dodson is just the sure-handed guy i think they know what they're getting out of him and week one against the Jets, that's what they want. They want what they they want to know what they're getting. All right. Well, speaking of middle linebacker, you have Terrell Bernard on your list of guys that have been impressive. Yeah, to you. because I think that he's made the competition tougher than I thought he would. Why is that impressive to you? Just because like he looks the part. Like he's rangy. He gets around. He looks like he's communicating well. It doesn't look like they skip a beat. They put pads on for the first time today. Right. So like a lot of this is based off of how do you look at a one on one drill? How do you look when you're off to the side? How are you communicating? It is really too early to know like, oh, this guy's going to be the starter. Oh, this guy's not going to be. You can kind of get the trends of like, oh, Dalton Kincaid might be really good with those guys. I think it takes a little bit longer to try and figure that out. I think we will really know probably two weeks after the first preseason game, after we see how they divide the snaps, after we see how long they play, I think that tells you a lot, especially now with three preseason games and not four. I think you can kind of put the pieces together of what this team is going to look like. I asked Sean McDermott, do you have a timeline, a deadline, when yeah. you want to have a starter? He said, I have my own time timeline. Uh, like in his head, he wouldn't say what it is. What do you think that is? When do you think he wants to know who his starter before is? Before the second preseason game. Okay, I was going to say before the third. I think he gives it to maybe to look at two guys. Yeah. I think going into the third preseason game, you want to know who your starting middle linebacker is. But that's to me <laughs> though, it's not. It's not after that. It's got. It can't be right before the. Season. I think you want to know before your second because you don't want your starter to play in the third game. Good point. That's why I think you probably want to know so you see what your rotation looks like, and then after that, you can have your sure answer of like, okay, this guy's starting. He's going to be one of the thirty guys that we bring to. Chicago for the final. Is that it? Chicago. He's one of the 30 guys we bring to Chicago. Who's just going to run up and down the field before the game. And then they're going to wear a bucket hat and sit on the sideline. 
Well, one of the guys that's been impressive to me that will be one of those guys that night has been the quarterback, Josh Allen. I mean, honestly, yeah. I know it's a no-brainer, but he – you talk, Mike Catalana said Diggs. We had the conversation. Josh was on fire the other day hitting Diggs. He was on fire hitting Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. I understand you can't hit the quarterback. It's always – he should look good. The quarterback should always look good in training camp. Mm-hmm. But this guy just takes it to another level. He just seemingly hits passes all over the field at all times. It's the – like weapons that he has in the bag that are so impressive. And that's what's always been impressive about him. And he's added the short stuff. He's added the intermediate stuff over time. But, I mean, the guy just stretches the field consistently at a really impressive clip. The intermediate stuff, especially with Diggs and with Kincaid, has looked automatic. The screen game, they've had some good stuff and some bad stuff. But I like that they're trying it because that's been non-existent for the Bills. When's the last time they had a screen pass that really, really worked or a consistent screen game offense? They haven't had that. I think they're trying these things. That's what training camp needs to be. Try these things out. They've been trying them with Damian Harris. Haven't worked great. They've been trying them with James Cook. Those have worked a little bit better. Also, I'm not talking about him as one of my guys, but I think Latavius Murray might like actually get more snaps on offense than I thought he was going to. I think that might be closer to the amount of snaps Damian Harris gets than I would have initially thought. So something to keep an eye on. Name Hines injury. You never want to see it this way, but it's been beneficial for Latavius Murray. Yes. To get more looks. Yeah, no, for sure. And then the guy that I did want to mention, one of my other players was actually somebody Eric Washington mentioned earlier on Monday. It's Tim Settle. Tim Settle had his first press conference the day that they signed Vaughn and that they introduced Vaughn and he walked out with the penguin tie and he started screaming and everybody was like, wow, this guy is just going to be so much fun. He never really flashed consistently last year. You always wondered because when they signed him from Washington, everybody in Washington was like, wow, you're going to love this guy. He would have got on the field a lot if he wasn't in such a stacked defensive line. Then he never really got on the field or he didn't make a huge impression when he did. I think he might be part of that rotation more this year, and I also think that helps them down the road because when you think about the playoff game, they were banged up at defensive tackle. That ended up hurting them. If they can have a little bit more of a healthy rotation throughout the year and Tim Settle's a part of that, then I think you're probably happy with having him on the roster. Yeah, I was disappointed. Especially with Jordan Phillips on Pup still. Yeah, that's right. You know, they signed Puna Ford. It's going to help. Yeah. And Puna Ford's a big signing. I expected more from Tim Settle last year. I think he has a lot more to give, a lot more to bring. It made sense what Eric Washington said. He said he didn't understand how to be a penetrator from the nose tackle spot like we want him to. Mm-hmm. Full year in, that should help him. But he's got to be better against the run, too. That was a, an issue last year. I thought that he never fully got the speed of what I think was expected of him on that count. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't – when he was in Washington, he was super efficient. When he's on the field, really good. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that efficiency last year from Tim Settle. Yeah, I think that he's going to make the team. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, on the field a ton. Does Gordon Phillips have a chance of not making the team if he doesn't get back healthy? No, I don't think so. I think he'll still make the team. I think he could be somebody they start on pup to try and buy themselves a little Keeping bit of time. Five D tackles? Huh? Keeping five D, ta- D tackles? So Daquan, Ed, Tim. And Puna and Jordan oh, Phillips? Oh, Puna, yeah. You forget about Puna. I think 10 is their max for defensive line. I think if you take the entire defensive line, 10 With is Vaughn their max. Pup too would help. That's what I mean. If you put Vaughn on pup, or if you put Jordan Phillips or both on Pup, you buy yourselves a little bit of time. Yep. So, I mean, Leonard Floyd's a no-brainer. Greg Rousseau's a no-brainer. After that, though, A.J. Epinesa has looked pretty good so far at camp. After that, though, you know, that's eight guys. Like, you still have a couple other decisions. Is there anybody I'm forgetting that's like a no-brainer? Uh, well, if you're talking about D.N.? Just like, defensive line in general. 
Let me look at my roster here. Well, so you have Shaq Lawson, who you got to figure out is Shaq Lawson making this team. Boogie Basham, does he make the team? I don't think he's a no-brainer. Shane Ray? I think Kingsley Jonathan has a shot. Does Shane Ray make the team? Probably not. Probably not. Practice squad guy, right? Oh, yeah, if you can keep him there. I mean, that. yeah, that'll be – I mean, yeah, if you want to keep him there, I think you can for sure. Um, I think Elianku, he's always been a guy they could use, but probably practice squad to get that guy in the practice yeah. squad. All right, I'm going to stay on the defensive side. I forgot to tell you this guy when we went over it, but oh, my gosh. I think Jordan Poyer yeah. has looked as healthy yeah, and he as looks good. Yeah. as he has his whole oh, career. Oh, it's crazy. He's looked amazing. Yeah, that interception that he had on Sunday was impressive. He made a crazy slide-in interception. I believe it was on Friday, day three of camp. He is all over the place. Keep in mind, everybody, the Bills did not play a game with their fully healthy defense last year. Now, it's going to take them a little while to get to that point, but Micah gets hurt week two. Trey was still out then. Vaughn gets hurt in the middle of the year. Then Trey comes back that same game, but same game, but you're already without Micah. Like this year, you could be getting a healthy Von Miller back at some point. You're also getting a healthy Micah Hyde. Right. And you're getting a less banged up Jordan Poyer. When Jordan Poyer was healthy last year, he was dynamic. He battled injuries all year. He had to drive to Kansas City to play in that game because he couldn't fly with the punctured lung. Right. So those safeties look like the real deal. Well, to me, he's moving around great. He looks healthy. He looks energetic. And the same can be said for Tredavious White. Tredavious White, I like to call him confident Trey. He's got his he's, swagger back. He's got his swagger, uh, no doubt. He's boisterous. He's having fun. He's bouncing around. I have not seen that from him in over a year because when he came back last year with the injury, he seemed like he was just too afraid to be like that because of the injury and not and he was trying to stay focused. I love what I've seen from him. He's gotten beat by Gabe a couple times, but that's okay. You're going to have battles. Well, you he's also, also made great plays. Yeah, I mean, he's had some really good plays. The one-on-ones are where you see the confidence, right? Like when he's going up against his other guys on offense, and he just looks like he wants to make – it does not look like he's trying to not make a mistake. It looks like he's trying to be dynamic. He's trying to make a play. I thought as Trey recovered last year, as we got a little bit further into the playoffs and into the season, he got a little bit better each week but he never fully looked like himself. We won't know if he fully looks like himself until he's actually on the field in a real game, but he's going to get tested early. He's got Garrett Wilson basically right off the top, and if it's not Garrett Wilson, it's Alan Lazard. Like He's getting tested, and he's got to be the guy that can be their lockdown corner. This defense needs him to be. They need a legitimate lockdown corner, especially with the questions we have at cornerback too. So I think Trey was a very good one on your part. I will go back to offense for my last guy that I haven't talked about. It's James Cook. Agreed 100%. A couple podcasts ago, I said I thought the the split between Damian Harris and James Cook could be closer than a lot of people thought. I was wrong. I'm already willing to admit I was wrong. They want James Cook to be their starting running back to the point where Ken Dorsey, I think it was a slip-up in his press conference, said that they were looking for the guys that could complement Cook. And then he quickly corrected himself and said, well, they guys that complement each, each other. That's right. They are, even though they won't say it, I feel like in their head they think James Cook is their starting running back. I think he's looked fantastic. Two things I want to say about James Cook. Number one, it's almost to the point where I think we can already say he's the guy. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's a doubt. It's his backfield. Damien Harris will be the backup. You'll use him. Latavius Murray can come in. Number two, and I think this is really important. Last year, what did we talk about James Cook more than anything this time of year? Pass catching, route running, great receiver out of the backfield. Because he wasn't going to be the man because it was Devin Singletary. We have not actually talked about that part of his game enough because we're so focused on how much he's going to run the ball. 
Matt, he's looked great out of the backfield catching the ball. He runs great routes. He has great hands. And he's going to be the main running back. Well, that's the bigger takeaway right now because every running back during trading camp looks good because they're not getting taken to the grounds. They're just getting wrapped up. It looks like every play would be a four, five, six-yard run. So it's not the runs that have impressed me. It's the way his teammates have talked about him, and it's the utilization that they've used in the passing game. They're sending him down the field. They're sending him out wide. They're putting him in intermediate stuff. They're using him all over the place. Well, James Cook, to me, has almost solidified that spot. We'll see how much run some of the guys in the back end of the roster get going forward. All right, the last guy I want to bring up, because it comes with a question. You said, and a commentary, you said you were wrong about James Cook. I was wrong about Osiris Torrance. Yeah. I said, I don't see any way Osiris Torrance is going to beat out Ryan Bates. I think they might think differently the way they've been treating him. So I was over at my in-law's house the other day, and the first question my father-in-law had for me Blaze, by the way, that's his real name, my father-in-law, Blaze. He asked about Osiris Torrance. He was like, does he have a chance? And I said, he's got a chance. I don't think it's a great chance, but I think he's got a chance to get on the field. A couple days after having that conversation, I think the chance is a little bit greater. I still don't think he does. I still think Ryan Bates is going to be the starting guard week one when they roll out against the Jets. But they're giving Torrance some reps. Like, that means something. They want to see what he can do. Did you see today that... More, Mitch Morris didn't take a lot of reps, and I don't know what happened, but he didn't go off the field. He didn't really have a trainer near him, but he was on the sidelines a lot. So I don't know what the deal was, but Ryan Bates part switched of the reason, to center, so Torrance yeah, go to guard. That's part of the reason. But even independent of that, Matt, Torrance has been getting looks at the first team. Well, keep in mind, when we talk about getting on the field, he could get on the field one of two very obvious ways. They don't like Ryan Bates' play or something happens to Mitch Morse. Because if that happens, they will slide Bates over, and then Torrance will go in. So he's got multiple opportunities of ultimately getting onto the field, and that's why I think there is a chance we see him play. They also might trust Morse enough that they can just kind of lighten the workload for him and see how Bates does at center, just in case something does happen. I mean, call a spade a spade. Mitch Morris has had some injuries and some concussion problems over the last couple of years. They probably want to make sure that they're prepared in case something happens, even though they're certainly not hoping it does, because he was their best offensive lineman last year. All right. What else you got on the Bills? Anything you want to talk about before we move on and do a couple of things that have happened around the league and what their impacts might be? Just your general impressions. What do you feel five days removed from training camp? Do you feel better about them, the same, worse? How do you feel? I feel better about them than because of all the hype, the other teams like the Jets and Dolphins and everything. Once you, then you're like, oh my God, have they really caught up to the Bills? Then I go out there and watch them. I'm like, oh yeah, they're the Bills. They're really good. And yeah. look at them. And the Stephon Diggs stuff is behind them. That's a big piece of it. Yeah. Don't have to worry about that anymore. I feel better where I am now with them, watching them, than I did a week or two ago because I feel like they're the same really terrific team that I've seen. And it's business as usual training camp. The thing that I keep going back to is how good Allen and Diggs looks. I think that's a big thing for this team. Like, I think that needs to be one of those certainties. You have a lot of uncertainty going into the year. All the things we've talked about, middle linebacker, cornerback, what's going to happen with injuries, all this stuff. As long as you have those two, you have Josh Allen and you have Stefan Diggs, you're going to have a dynamic offense, especially with Josh Allen. He's so good. He's the best player in the division. He's one of the best players in the entire NFL. You look around the division and you go, oh, yeah, this team got better. This team got better. 
right now, you take Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers. You take him over Tua. You take him over anybody in the debate. He is still the best player. So even if the gap has, let's say, narrowed a little bit, you still got the best guy. You still got the guy that everybody's chasing. They're probably going to take a step back. They won 13 games last year. You Depending can take a step. You, you can right. take a step back and still be the one seed. You could win 12 games and be the one seed this year. You could win 11 games and be the two seed or the three seed. We've spent so much time the last couple of years talking about the importance of the one seed. I think there's something there. It is important. I also think you just have to get in. You got to get in and you got to get hot at the right time because the team that had the fewest wins, that team in the 13 seconds here. They got hot at the right time, and that's why they looked like they were the closest to ultimately winning a Super Bowl, even though they didn't make it to the AFC Championship. Get hot at the right time. Stay healthy. Get hot at the right time. That's what they need to do. You getting hungry? I'm getting hungry. Eh, I could wait, but okay. yes, I'm very hungry for wings. I did. I kind of skipped lunch today, okay, because yeah, yeah. I knew that I was going to have a lot of chicken wings this. Well, evening. you know what? We we let's um let's talk a little bit about bounce around the league for real quickly here, and then we can start to wrap this up. And yeah. thank you everybody here at Barbill for coming out to uh, tonight. I know there's a lot of people want to kind of say hi to Jenna and Mike over there. We'll interrupt them because they're sitting over there. But we thank everybody coming out just the same. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 